Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the ages of all ages, Amen. Happy Father's Day to all our dads. God bless you and keep you for the church and your homes and your families. Um, in today's gospel reading, the Lord gives us a bit of an insight on the difference between physical and spiritual healing. And we see how the people uh, that were there, there were all kinds of people, all kinds of needs, but there's an interesting connection that St. Luke puts between the Pharisees, he says the Pharisees and the scribes were there and then that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the Lord is putting an emphasis here on the healing of the spirits and the needs of the spirit that are far beyond the needs of the body. If the Lord were here only for the needs of the body, he would have been constantly making sure that in all the Gospels, there's a constant recording of healing of physical ailments. There is but that's not the intention. You would have constantly been mentioning the raising from the dead, constantly mentioning all kinds of physical manifestations of miracles, but the Lord did not come to emphasize on that. Even though we do call him a great physician, and he's here to heal all, all illnesses, but the main illnesses he has come to heal are the illnesses of the soul, the illnesses of sin. That's why even St. John says the Lord was manifested for this reason. He came for this reason, that he may destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil from the beginning are the works that basically destroyed humanity. The works that led humanity to be cut off from eternal life, from God. And God in his love refused to let that continue. And in the fullness time was incarnate, born in the flesh, that he may restore us once again. So... Like we mentioned, the verse in 17, it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The healing that the Lord was obviously trying to mention was the healing of the Spirit. We're going to see why in a second. So we're talking about true healing. I could be physically in top shape. I mean, there are some people that go to the gym maybe five, six, seven times a week. Super fit, super in shape. Muscles, they eat healthy and everything. But the Spirit is extremely sick. The inside is very sick, but it doesn't show, right? Because we can't see how we look on the inside. Well, we can, depending if we really want to, but we have to truly, sincerely look into the mirror of faith and see how am I doing in regards to Christ our Lord. But the physical is easy to see. You see somebody walk in, that person is tall, that person is not so tall, that person is in shape, that person is whatever. But these persons are this, these persons are that. But the Lord does not judge by outer appearance, like it says. When Samuel was sent to anoint the king for Israel, and Jesse sent out all the big brothers, he said, no, not this one, not this one, not this one. So Samuel said, maybe it's this one. Is there anybody else? Well, there's one little one outside tending the sheep. The Lord said, bring him, he is the one. The Lord does not look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. The Lord is always looking at the heart, constantly looking at the heart. So I could be physically in great shape, but spiritually I could be very sick. And this is what the Lord has come to heal. 
That's why when we say Jesus heals, yeah, he can heal the physical. But that's not the goal. The goal has always been the spiritual first, then the physical. The inner, then the outer. That's why the spiritual life is all about working on the inside out. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, it says, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Why are you questioning in your hearts? They said, who can heal, who can forgive sins but God alone? They were right. Who can forgive sins but God alone? No one. No one can forgive sins but God alone. But he, was, he is God. Therefore, he said to them, which is easier to say, rise and walk? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. It's a lot easier for the Lord to say, you're healed physically. You, you have no more physical ailment. But the Lord Jesus knew very well from before the foundation of the world that when he says, your sins are forgiven you, a very heavy price will have to be paid to guarantee the forgiveness of sins. What is the heavy price that was paid to forgive sin? Death on the cross. The cross I'm sure many of you have seen The Passion of the Christ, the movie by Mel Gibson many years ago. This is a glimpse of what the Lord Jesus physically went through just Holy Week. There's a lot more that the Lord Jesus Christ went through, by the way, other than Holy Week. A lot more things He went through. The amount of times He was insulted and judged and called all kinds of things. They tell Him, you have a demon. Could you imagine telling God you have a demon? And the Lord in His love and His patience says, begins to reason with them, to explain to them why they don't understand what they're saying. The constant misjudgment, the constant seeking just to use Him for their own gain, whether to eat, whether to drink. Constant, constant, constant. So what the Lord went through on Holy Week is a glimpse of what the Lord willingly went through from before He even became flesh. He willingly accepted this upon himself. That's why when he says, which is easier to say, it's way easier for him to say, rise and walk. No problem. He takes some loaves and fish, blesses them, thousands eat, and 12 baskets are left over. It's very easy. But for him to say, sins are forgiven you, he had to take sin in his flesh. So that when he says your sins are forgiven you, they're forgiven. And this is why he says this and correlates it and says, so that you may know that I can forgive sin, that I have authority, that I am God who can forgive sin. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And that's why they, they saw and they said, wow, we saw strange things today. But it's not enough to just satisfy myself with having seen strange things or amazing things. People often think, I wish I could see amazing things. I wish I could see you know, Moses parting the Red Sea. I wish I could see Jonah being thrown out of the whale onto the shore. I wish I could see loaves and fish all over the city overflowing because the Lord has blessed. I wish I could see Jesus rising from the dead. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But these things are not going to lead a person to faith. Faith is not about what you see, it's about what you know in your heart. That's why St. Paul says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, you don't see them, but you know them in your heart. And you begin by knowing them, believing, accepting to believe. 
and then hoping in what you believe, and then the love of who you believe in will lead you into eternity. So, the Lord Jesus, at that moment, when He tells them and tells us again today, your sins are forgiven you, this is what He had to do. Isaiah wrote as if he was sitting there at the cross, as if he was witnessing everything, because the way Isaiah writes chapter 53 is even more descriptive than what the four Gospels say about this moment. This is just a glimpse, one verse, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. Healed of what? Healed of sin. That's why you hear of people coming to Christ, and then they come to Christ in such marvelous ways. And they come to Christ with such deep, deep, deep intention to change the inside of their life very deeply. I have told you this story, I think, years ago, but it just, it just came back to mind. This man in his 70s went to confession one day, and he was a regular in his confession. He confessed confess regularly, frequently. And then this one particular day where he went for his confession, he told Abuna, I remembered a sin that I committed at the age of four. And I don't know why it came to my mind. But I feel like saying it. I know it's silly. I was just four, whatever. But I'd like to say it. He said, go ahead, say it. So he said this four-year-old sin. You can imagine what a four-year-old do. But he remembered it. So after he, he prayed, Abuna prayed and everything, he told him, I don't know why did I remember this. Why do I remember something from decades ago? He says, the more you cooperate and work with the Holy Spirit, the more He shines in your heart. And His shining is inevitably going to shine upon everything in your heart. And because He knows you have the will to have a heart that shines with His living image, He is allowing you to see these things, not to condemn you, not to make you feel bad about yourself, not to shame you, but to release you even further from bondage, and to manifest even further His glory in your life, here, and as He crowns you in eternity. This is the stripes that we are healed by. Look at this picture. You've seen this painting, I'm sure, many times. Many of you have seen this. Again, a glimpse to remind us when Jesus our Lord says to them, which is, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to rise up and walk. This is why He says this is much easier to say, rise up and walk. So St. Peter takes what Isaiah said here in Isaiah 53 and he kind of elaborates on it in his first letter, chapter 2. He says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin. But then what? Is it enough to have died to sin? I don't sin. That's great. What next? What next? What am I doing? In the life with Jesus, it's not enough to say, I have not sinned. It's what must I do to imitate my Lord. Every one of us, I would love for us to pray for this request from today onwards. If we can pray for the following that I'm about to utter, for every one of us and for everyone on earth, the whole church, the whole body of Christ on the earth, let's pray and say, Lord, grant us to be icons of you. Grant us to reflect your image in everything we do, think, and say. Grant us this gift. This is the the continuation or the next step of saying, not only do I not sin, 
but I live for righteousness. You see how St. Saint Peter writes it? That we might die to sins, and then what? Live for righteousness. It's a different walk. It's no longer a, uh, avoiding sin, but it's pursuing good, pursuing righteousness. How much further can I imitate Jesus? How much more could I be like Jesus today versus yesterday? How much more could I be like Jesus tomorrow than versus today? Father Tedros Ya'ub Malati was saying this in a sermon a while back, and he said what I just said, but in a, in a much, much more beautiful way. He said that he was once, after being a ordained a priest many years ago, he was speaking with one of his servants that served him in Sunday school when he was younger. And he told him, I remember, Father Tedros told him, I remember a prayer you prayed many years ago when I was a young man, and I've never forgotten it. And he told him, what was it? He said, what, what, I, what I just said now. He said, Lord, grant me to become a living icon of you. Grant me to shine with your living image. When you request such a request, you're basically pushing your requests from, let's say, down here to here to there to the sky. Because you're basically saying, you're basically calling the Lord to his promises. You're basically not saying no more, I want to be healed of this. I want to do well on this exam tomorrow morning. I want to do this. I want to do that. No, I want to be a reflection of you. I want to be an icon of you. This is why he came. This is why he has come to earth. That we may be his ambassadors and be channels of his healing to others. Henry Nouwen once said in his, one of his books, he said this following. I think it was in The Wounded Healer. He says, in a world so torn apart by rivalry, anger, and hatred. We have the privileged vocation to be living signs of a love that can bridge all divisions and heal all wounds. You have a vocation. By living for righteousness, you're basically been given the opportunity to be a healer. Through the healing you've received in the Lord Jesus. There's no sin the Lord can heal, right? origin the scholar says in souls there is no illness caused by evil that is impossible to cure for God the Logos nothing he continually heals us Jeremiah gives us this beautiful prayer and he says heal me O Lord and I shall be healed save me and I shall be saved for you are my praise for sure Jeremiah wasn't talking just about physical healing he was definitely focusing on the spirit heal me O Lord and I shall be healed Save and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. You remember, can you remember this with me? This is Jeremiah chapter what? Anybody know? It was here. Look, you saw it? Jeremiah what? 17 verse 4. Let's repeat it together. Heal me. That sounds amazing. Let's try again. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Let's memorize this. Memorize it. I think you can memorize this. Jeremiah 17, verse 14. I said 4, 14. I'll leave you with a couple of more thoughts. Ezekiel says, and this is a promise from God, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart to receive the word. Think of this as well. 
let's finish with this. Broken things can become blessed things if you let God do the mending. This is a promise again from the Psalms. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The brokenhearted. It can be brokenhearted by many things. Every one of you has experienced something difficult or many difficult things in your life. The Lord can heal that broken heart. Just say, Lord, take and heal. Heal me and I shall be healed. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.